morning and welcome to our Daily Word and Prayer. My name is Tom Short. So glad to have you along today on this Thursday morning. So we've been looking at this issue of education. Actually, I began by talking about can smart people believe in God? And we kind of veered off, off into talking about education. My original goal was to talk more about atheism and agnosticism. So I, I want to get back to that today and ask this question, is there enough evidence to believe? I hear often from atheists and agnostics, I, ju I, I see no evidence for God. Others who are maybe a little bit more humble might say, I don't see enough evidence, a little bit more real, I don't see enough evidence for God. Well, I've always been confused on this because when I look around, I see evidence for God everywhere, literally everywhere, from the smallest DNA and the atoms all the way up to looking at a starry night to walking around in the, just walking down my street to looking in the mirror. I see evidence of God everywhere. And I, and as I think through life, as I think through morality and rightness and relationships and how life is to be lived, I see God everywhere. And they see, they, they say, I don't, they don't see him anywhere. Now, scripture says in Romans 1.20 that God has made himself evident to all people. The simple argument, how he's done it, is through the creation. And we often think that a creation is evidence of a creator, and it is. We would say you can't have design without a designer. You can't have a creation without a creator. You can't have order without someone causing the order. You can't have life without a life giver. These are all, this is a, real, a, a way of thinking of cause and effect. I sometimes say the atheist makes the claim that nobody plus nothing equals everything. And whether you, when you think about it, that really is what they're saying. Nobody plus nothing equals everything. And that doesn't make sense to me. And yet, to them it does. To them, they think they're smart. They think they're intelligent. They think they're educated. They think that they understand how it all came about, how billions of years billions of years ago, often they'll tell me, given enough time, anything can happen. I've heard this from atheists more times than I can count. Given enough time, anything can happen. What are they claiming? They know that what's happening can't really happen, or what they claim can't really happen, but they think with enough time, the impossible becomes possible. Of course, we would say, with God, all things are possible, they're reduced to having to say, with enough time, all things are possible. But it's not. It's not. Scripture says that God has not only made himself, the, his existence evident, but he's made his divine nature evident. You can, look, you can look around the world. You can see things about God by just the world. You can see God must be big. It's a big world he made. God must be smart. Look at all the variety. Look at all the information and data. God must like beauty. He didn't make everything black and white. He didn't make everything gray. He gave us colors. And, and, and God must be alive because everywhere you look, there's life. And we know that life only comes from previous life. And that first life came from God, who was a living being. So 
can they really not see it? Now, for years, I often thought they were being truthful, that they, I, I, I think, excuse me, I thought they were just lying. They saw it, and they just won't admit it. They see evidence for God. Romans 1.20 tells us they just don't admit it. And I am convinced that at some point, every person does see the evidence, and they, are, they know that there is a God. God makes it evident to them. But I also have come to accept that some of these atheists and agnostics, when they say they don't see enough evidence or they don't see any evidence, they may be in denial, but they're telling us what they, what they really have come to be convinced of. Doesn't mean that they never saw. Many of them actually would tell me they did at one point believe but it tells me that this is their present experience. They have become deceived, blinded, unaware. In John chapter 11, verse 40, Jesus said, Did I not say that if you believe, you will see the glory of God? Atheists tell me all the time, they say, If God would just come down here and stand before me, then I'd believe. Or if I could see him, I'd believe. And I think, well, duh, of course you would. But you'd also be a dead man. It's kind of like, you know, if, if someone says, if I could see God, I'd believe. And the Bible says that he shines brighter than the noonday sun. I sometimes challenge the atheist, stare at that sun for the next 60 seconds and see how that works for you. You can't do it. It's too bright. And God's even brighter. You can't, you can't look at God first. You'd fall as a dead man. You'd go blind. You would... It, the people who saw God in Scripture, they fell as dead men at His feet. So Scripture says, we say, if I see, I'll believe. God says, if you believe, you'll see. Jesus said in, uh, in John 7, verse 17, if any man is willing, he'll know the teaching, whether, it's, whether I'm from God or not. And this becomes an important thing. Are you willing to believe? If you're not willing to believe, you'll never be convinced. If you don't want to believe, there's not... The, the, faith, believing, is not merely an intellectual exercise. It also involves the will. We see this all the time in non-religious matters. People who don't want to believe something simply won't. You could, your team could have lost the game, and you still won't believe that the other team's better because you're a fan of your team. We see all the time people denying facts because of what they want to believe. We see it in the athletic world. We see it in the political world. People denying facts because of what they don't want to believe. We see it happening in our world today with all kinds of things going on. They want, believe what you want to believe. It's been said of atheists who say I, they, they can't find God. What's well, often been said, an atheist can't find God in the same way a criminal can't find a policeman. He doesn't want to. He's hiding. He's running. He doesn't want to find God. He's unwilling to find God. And so this is why when you speak with an atheist or an agnostic, they would love to argue with you only intellectually. That's on their turf. That's on their ground. Why? Because intellectually, they have rejected God, and they don't see. 
And I believe that with many an atheist, they like to argue with Christians because if they feel they win the argument, and they'll always feel that way, because they just will. They'll always feel they won the argument. Others may not. Everybody watching may not. But they will feel they won the argument. And the reason they like to argue and feel they won the argument is to confirm their unbelief, confirm their doubts. And indeed, if they can walk away saying, you know, I ran circles around that Christian and I was smarter than they are, then that helps them feel just a bit more secure in believing what sometimes maybe down, down deep they have doubts about. They doubt their unbelief. They wonder if there really is a God because God has made himself evident. And so these are things we should realize when we argue with an atheist or an agnostic. We've got to realize they're, if they're willing, they'll see. And if they're not seeing, there must be a reason. And so the good evangelist, the good persuader, the good apologist will try and discover that reason. I found that there are several reasons why people aren't willing. They often fall into, these, into one of these several categories. Number one, they love their sin and they don't want to change. They realize the implication of becoming a Christian. They don't want to change. They love what they're doing. And they're going to stick to it. And if there's a God, they know they're doing the wrong thing. And so rather than turn from that sin, they will debate and fight and argue and convince themselves there's no God so that therefore they're okay after all. Sometimes it's pride and self-righteousness. I have found atheists to be some of the most self-righteous, condescending, arrogant people. They really are. Jesus, people say that in the Bible, in the New Testament, Jesus had problems with the religious people, but he was always welcoming the sinners. I don't think that's accurate. I think Jesus Jesus' conflict was with the self-righteous people who often were religious in Jesus' day, and they can be religious in our day. But his, his grace and mercy and hand of mercy came welcoming to the sinner who was broken and humble and repentant. But his hand of, of strength, shall we say, and confronting came to the self-righteous and the proud. In our day, the self-righteous and proud often are atheists and some of the worst sinners out there, but they take pride in the sins they commit. Sometimes people aren't willing to believe in God because they're angry at God. Indeed, sometimes I think that the great evidence of the existence of God is how angry an atheist is at him. They're not neutral. It's like I, I point out, you're not angry. You wouldn't, if I was standing out here on campus saying there's a Santa Claus, you wouldn't get angry at me. You wouldn't fly off the handle. You wouldn't be so upset with me. you just walk by, know that there's no Santa Claus, and you're fine. But sometimes their anger and resentment and their commitment to try and disprove a believer, it comes from uh, they're, they're angry at God, and they know there's a God, and they're mad at Him, and they're warring against God. And they want to dethrone God. And they don't want anyone to honor God because they're mad at God. And down deep, sometimes they'll admit it. Yeah, I think there's a God and I'm mad. I'm angry. I'm angry at my circumstances. I'm angry at the way he made me. I'm 
Uh, people are quick to blame God, slow to give him credit when things go right, quick to blame him when things go wrong. Sometimes, sometimes there's just a disappointment in God or maybe a disappointment in trying to have be, many an atheist tried to be a Christian, they would say. They may have been looking for an experience. They may have been looking for uh, an answer to prayer. I remember once at the University of Missouri, Kansas City, this, this guy contending he was an atheist and fighting and arguing. And I forget what I even said. Sometimes I just ask him, did you ever believe in God? That's probably what it was. I asked, well, did you ever believe in God? And they almost always say yes. And I said, well, what happened? And the guy turned in, a, in an instant. Tears came to his eyes. He talked about when he was five years old, his grandfather died. And he was, and he was, he prayed that his father wouldn't die. He said it was a Catholic boy, and, and I was told that God would always answer my prayers, and I pray my grandfather wouldn't die, and he did. And therefore, I thought it was my fault that I didn't have enough faith. I didn't pray hard enough. It was my fault my grandfather died. And with tears streaming down his cheeks, she said, do you know what that can do to a five-year-old kid? Two minutes earlier, this guy was arguing there's no God. And here he is opening up about a broken heart because of an unanswered prayer. Sometimes I know Christian kids who they, they're looking for an experience. They, they see others who seem to connect with God in such an emotional way, and they don't. And they wonder, what's wrong with me? Doesn't God love me? Is he really there? And to, for their own survival, sometimes they end up um, criticizing and saying, that's got to be fake. There isn't really a God because of their own disappointment. The wise evangelist and apologist will, will do some searching. As we debate and argue and give the reasons, we will always realize that ultimately, ultimately, it's not the intellect that, by which we drive a person to Christ if their heart and their will is unwilling to believe. That's where we've got to go and find out what it is. Where are they stubborn? Where are they standing their ground? Where are they rejecting God and their will? Is it sin that they want to hold on to? Is it pride? Is it ungratitude? Is it, is it anger? Is it disappointment? It could be, is it bitterness at Christians, bitterness the way others have treated them? It could be any number of things. We'll discover it, and that's where you minister to a person, and that's how you help them come to Christ. Father in heaven, we pray today with compassion and with really hurting hearts as we think of how many people go through life really arguing and fighting with you. Lord, they must be miserable. They put on a face that they're okay, that they're fine. They put on a smile. They're not. Deep in their heart, their heart must be like a raging sea. There is no peace for the wicked. There must be such pain, such hurt, such confusion, such denial. So many of them turn to uh, alcohol or drugs to pacify the pain. Father, we pray today for people we know in our lives who don't believe in you, who would argue you're not there. They're unconvinced. Lord, help us to know how to make the intellectual case, but might we go much deeper than that? And might we find out what it is in their heart and their soul, their willingness that's blocking them, that's causing them to deny the truth, that's causing them to live in darkness, that's causing them not to see. We pray, O oh Father, there's such a rise in atheism and agnosticism and a rejection of spiritual truth, such a rise in materialism in our day. Lord, I, I believe it's, it's, it's 
related to the education we're getting. It's related to the entertainment we're receiving. It's related to the rise in the sexual revolution and the people addicted to sin in ways that they can't escape, the rise in the pornography on the Internet. All of these things, Lord, are capturing and enslaving people to sin, and they, rather than escape, they've given up, and they just now are denying spiritual truth and reality. They're lost. We pray, O God, that you free captives. Your gospel does this. Free the captives. Open the eyes of the blind. Bring revival into our land. Lord, there's so many who are lost and hard. We ask you to have mercy. We ask, Lord, make us skilled. Raise us, raise up skilled evangelists, even among us who are on, who are right here now. Skilled evangelists, apologists who know how to proclaim the truth, the truth of freedom and life and forgiveness, salvation, and how to get beneath the surface to help minister to people who've lost hope or who are holding on to this pride to get down and discuss with them their willingness and help them see that, that they might repent, they might turn, they might have hope, and they might have faith. We pray for this. And we ask this, we think of people we know and personally and love who are trapped. And Lord, people coming to our mind right now, we ask you to free them in Jesus' name. We pray this, amen, amen, and amen. Hey, thanks for being with me today on our Daily Word and Prayer. We're here every day. And if you found this, this last few minutes to be helpful, encouraging, enlightening, come back tomorrow and every day. The Word of God is rich. It's filled with wisdom. We believe that we should get into it every day and we should learn every day. We don't just grow once a week. We don't just gain wisdom once a week. We want to do it every day. There's so much to learn, so much to understand, and we need to be encouraged and inspired. So if you enjoy this, make sure you subscribe, hit the notify button, and share this with your friends. Invite them to join us. Like I said, here every day live at 8.30 in the morning on YouTube, but you can watch later in the day or you can listen to the podcast, exact same thing on the Apple, Spotify, or Google platform. Just search for Tom the Preacher. I love having you guys along, and I love you guys. So until we meet tomorrow, God bless you. You be strong. Let his face shine upon you, and you be confident. Stand firm in the faith. We've got nothing to be ashamed of. Be strong in the Lord. We'll see you tomorrow. God bless you. Bye-bye.